right, uh, all right, Jesse, come on up here and get ready. And uh, my wife's just reminding me, and, and we ought to um, be in prayer for him. We've got several sick. We've got Miss Joe Rapay and and Joe uh, jo Beth's mom, and Melinda Vickery and Lola and Ava. So all of those uh, are sick right now, and uh, we need to be praying for those. So if you can remember, remember those. Um, Quite a few that we've got out sick right now. Well, uh, Jesse, if you want to use a, a handheld or anything, we've got one down here. So I, you can just turn that on or I can turn it on for you. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, honestly, you know, Jesse was such a blessing on the on this trip. And and, and just amazing. I, I really, I don't know that I would have had the, the positive attitude that he had after, you know, my clothes didn't come in and then they... Honestly, they make no attempt to get them to you. Uh, I would not have been a, a, just an extremely happy camper. But uh, Jesse, you had never known that uh, that it even happened. He just he never flinched. He just kept on going, and and uh, he had his focus on something else while he was there. And so hopefully uh, he'll be able to relay that to you. And uh, he may even have a story or two to tell you. Because if you don't, he knows that I will. And so. <laughs> All right, Jesse, come on. God bless you, man. Good love you. Oh, man. If you love Jesus, say amen. 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 It's so good to, uh, to be here. Before I uh, get started with any of that, I just honestly, from my heart and my wife as well and my, my children, we just want to say thank you for investing in our lives. Uh, Calvary Baptist Church is, is just amazing. And I just thank God for some brothers and sisters in Christ who just accepted us and just loved on us and uh, just helped us to grow in the Lord. Thank you so much for that. Um, going on this trip for me was just amazing. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad that I decided to go. Um, getting close to the end I started to get a little discouraged about going and my wife was just my biggest encourager and uh, I'm just so glad that that I went um, getting on the plane was just a lot of fun of course you know me I, <laughs> I, 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 I tend to be a little nervous a little scary at times but I thank God I have my good friend brother Joe and Miss Nicole there with me, but sometimes he didn't make it okay with <laughs> some of the jokes and things. Uh, but he, he kept me lighthearted uh, as we got on that plane. But, you know, we're flying over, and, and if you're worried about, you know, the food and things, I can vouch, man, the food is, aw is awesome on the plane. Uh, they take care of your British Airways. I mean, good night. We're eating chicken, chicken curry and, and they giving you ice cream bars and uh, all sorts of things. I'm thinking, man, I need to fly more often. <laughs> man, this is good, man. Uh, so they take care of you on the plane. So, you know, just kind of fast forward in here. We, we, we finally make it to Ghana, West Africa. Well, okay, before that, when we went to London, London was, was interesting to me because when we got off the plane, everything was okay. And then we had to go from one terminal to the next terminal. And we got on this bus and we started going. And I'm, I'm riding along and I'm like, man, something is strange. What are we doing? And then we come around this curve 
And I realized, wait a minute, we're on the wrong side of the street. And so I started, I started getting nervous, like, man, this guy's going to go head on. But then I realized, no, London, they drive on the opposite side of the street. So that was like, you know, a wake-up call for me, like, wait a minute, we're in a different country. And uh, it was just neat to hear all the, the accents and it was really neat to see how many black folks was in London. I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> just being honest with you, I'm like, man, there's a lot of brothers over here. What in the world? Uh, but, you know, that was amazing. Then when we flew from London, we finally got to Ghana. And uh, we were coming down the, 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 the chute there, and we're getting ready to go into the airport. And Brother Joe is explaining to me that, you know, it's really been upgraded from the last time that he went. And so I'm just walking along and, you know, I'm, I'm just mesmerized. I mean, for me as a black man, it was, it was interesting to be a part of the majority for once. You know, I'm just looking around like, man, you know, there's, there's a lot of brothers here. What in the world? Just, just, I'm just sharing my heart with you, you know. And so we're coming down this, this shoot thing here and, and I see Brother Joe and Miss Nicole. They open up their passport and show their shot record and, and everything goes good and they just march right on in. Well, you know, I'm following them, and I'm just kind of, you know, and I probably had a goofy look on my face anyway, because I'm like, wow, you know, this and that. And so I come over to uh, this lady here who just looked at Brother Joe's passport, just looked at Miss Nicole's passport. And when she gets to my passport, she just pauses. And I mean, just pauses. And I'm looking like, uh-oh, is something wrong? And she's not saying anything. And then she, she looks up at me, and she says, Sir, this is no good. And I'm like, what's no good? And she says, Sir, uh, your your you 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 your 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 shot record is not right. You see, it says the seventh through the seventeenth, you can't come into Ghana today. And I'm like, what in the world? What am I gonna do? I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry, I have my shot, I have my passport. What, what do you mean? She says, I'm sorry, sir, this this is not right. You cannot come into the country today. You have to go back. I'm like, go back where? <laughs> to the country. I got to go back. It's too far to walk. I mean, what in the world? I mean, what's going on? You know, so then this lady leaves and she brings another, another lady comes over and she's got on like a more official uniform. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, what's going on? I don't even know where Brother Joe and Mr. Cole forgot about me. They going through the line. They're getting into Ghana. I don't see them anywhere. This lady comes over and she takes my, my book, my, my passport, and then she just starts looking at it. And there's this long silence, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm so sorry. I have a big mouth, so I'm thinking I'm reaching everybody. I apologize. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And so she's looking at it, and she's looking at it and looking at it. And then she says, no, this is not right. You cannot come into Ghana today. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And she looks at it again. She says, come, follow me. And so we start now. There's, there's people everywhere. They got some big brothers over there that's, that's <laughs> with uniforms on. This guy over here has got a gun. I mean, there's, there's security everywhere. And so she takes me over here to the other side of the airport, and she says, go right there. Go in that room right there. So I go into this room, and as I walk into this room, there's a, there's a bunch of chairs and some kind of sharp-looking knife stuff over here, and, and there's a bed over here, and... And, and some other stuff. And I'm thinking, why has this lady got me in this room? 
And then as I'm looking at this bed and looking at everything else, I hear the door go, and I turn around, and it's this woman. And I'm looking at her, and I'm thinking, my goodness, what in the world is about to happen? And this lady looks at me, and she says, go get on the bed. I said, excuse me? She said, go get on the bed. And I'm like, you know, every, in my mind, I'm like, whoa, what is, you, what is going on here? I have told you that I'm here to help missionary Josh Brown, uh, 202. I mean, I'm all kind of, you know, I'm thinking, man, you know I'm here as a preacher. What's going on? You're telling me to go get on this bed. And so I'm looking at this lady. I'm like, excuse me? She's like, yes, get on the bed. I said, ma'am, I, 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 no, uh, ma'am, what, what are you talking about? And then she says, look. Tell me Happy New Year. Give me some money. You can come in the country. And I said, ma'am, excuse me? And she said, tell me Happy New Year. Give me some money and you can come into the country. I said, ma'am, I don't have no money. <laughs> what am I going to do? She says, there's an ATM right around over here. You get some money. Ma'am, how much? I, I, just, just tell me Happy New Year and give me some money. And so... I looked, I said, Happy New Year, I don't have no money. <laughs> and, so, and so she, the lady opened up the door, and I'm thinking, man, what in the world are people thinking going home? I went to the ATM, I'm super nervous, I mean, I'm pressing buttons, I'm uh, stuff saying CD, DVD, I don't know what it's saying, I'm pressing stuff. Brother Joe finally sees me and comes over, he's like, man, what happened? You just disappeared, and I don't know how we missed you in this airport, you're the biggest guy in here, how did we miss you? And I told him what was going on, he said, well, I'll tell you what you do. He said, just, just take out, you know, whatever you took out. I think I took like $120 out. He said, put the large amount in this pocket. Put the smallest amount you can give that lady in this pocket. And so if she pressures you again, just give her the small amount. He said, because if you show her all that you got, she's going to take it all. And so we, <laughs> we got that money out. And then Brother Joe said, you know what? She ain't looking. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. So I'm following behind Brother Joe through the airport. <laughs> We get to this line. I got on this flannel kind of shirt or whatnot. He's like, take that flannel off. So, man, I'm, you know, trying to hurry up, get this flannel off, take it off. He's like, put it in the bag, put it in the bag. So I'm shoving it in the bag and everything. He's like, just, just, just calm down. Act like you've been here. Calm down. So I'm sweat pouring down my face. Man, we just inching through the line and inching through the line. And I'm like, Lord, please don't let this lady see me. We make it through. Finally, there's a part when you check in the customs, I guess, where they got to, like, take your picture or something. And I know I was looking weird because I'm looking forward, but my eyeballs was back this way. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, is this lady finna come snatch me out this line? But praise God, we made it through. Amen. Made it through. Brother Josh and Miss Emily, no, not Miss Emily, wasn't it, but Brother Josh and some of the men he used to hire a, a, a taxi driver to come get us was out there. He said, brother, I don't know what was going on, man. You know, what's, <laughs> you were in there for so long. So that was my introduction to Ghana. <laughs> now, I'm sorry, I'm going a little bit too fast, but before we got to Brother Josh and them, then came time for the luggage. So I would already been through this, this lady trying to extort me to come into Ghana. Now it's time for my luggage. And we go over to the luggage rack. Brother Joe's next to me. One of Brother Joe's bags comes, he gets it. Another one of Brother Joe's bags comes, he gets it. Another one of his bags comes, he gets it. One of Brother Josh's bags comes, he gets all his luggage. I'm still standing there. 
I watched every piece of luggage go around that whole thing to find out that my luggage had not made it. Went over to the little office to ask about where the luggage was, and they told me my luggage was still in Chicago. So all I have for two weeks, it's what's in my backpack. But thank the Lord for a prudent wife, amen. <laughs> a gift from the Lord because she prepared me. She said, you may lose your luggage, and she crammed as much as she could into that backpack for me. So here I am, my introduction to Ghana, <laughs> getting extorted, didn't have no luggage, but you know what? I was so happy that I still went and that I was there. Because see, Satan knows, well, he's, he's all, one of the things he's tried in my life many times is to get me with fear. And that was a smack right away trying to make me fearful. But I just thank God that I just persevered. And I was just happy to be there. And I wanted God to do something in my life. And so we got with Brother Josh and, you know, went on up to the, the uh, uh, first we went to the Baptist guest house. And then we went to the Hotel Paradise where we had the prayer conference. And folks, can I just tell you, the prayer conference is just amazing. You need to go. You need to go. You see, when I was here in the States, the problem that was happening in my life, and you're my church family, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'll just be transparent with you, and I guess whatever else, who else is watching in the world, I guess, I forget we're on the internet, but I had gotten to a place in my life where job, ministry, being a husband, being a daddy, the responsibilities, that was major and I was trying to cram God into my life. Not, you know, not nothing wicked or sinful, but I'm trying to fit God into it. And when I went to this prayer conference, I said, God, that's got to change. You've got the majority, and all this other stuff will fit in on your time. And that's what that prayer conference did for me. I, I, I preached my heart out. I was the first speaker up. Didn't know I was going to be the first speaker up, but I told them, that verse there in Proverbs 25, 25, about being thirsty, as cold waters to a thirsty soul. And I said, folks, I'm thirsty for God. I miss God. I miss being able to laugh with him. I miss just pouring my heart out to him. And I miss calming down enough and being quiet enough where he can talk to me. And he can show me what's really going on in my life. And he can show me what's really the problem with me. And that prayer conference did that for me. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, it's a kind of conference where you hear spirit-filled preaching from Pastor Hooker and Brother Josh and Brother Mike and Brother Joe and Pastor Matt, the pastor's out in Washington. And then they give you an hour or two hours to just do nothing but pray. Folks, it is amazing. You have to go. It's life transforming. I don't care what you got to do. Save some tax money coming up. Uh, I don't know what, start a lemonade stand. I don't know what you got to do, but you need to go. It's amazing. We get there, and I meet the people, and, and, and you know, my wife told me, be, be, be careful, because over there, you know, big people like myself, I'm sorry, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, big people like myself are looked at as rich, you know, because obviously you got money because you can eat more than the rest of us. And so <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I was a little nervous about how the people were going to receive me. And, and, it, and, and I was like the eighth wonder of the world because I come walking through there. Little kids was just like. <laughs> and I heard one little kid, he just looked at me when I walked by. He just said, 
Obolo. That, that means big. That means fat. He said, Obolo. <laughs> I was like, you know, but not in a, they were just like, wow, you know, <laughs> this guy's big and whatnot. But they were just such sweet people. And what, what was amazing was just, it's like my brothers and sisters over there, they can taste God. It's fresh to them. It's, they, have, they haven't become stale. They haven't become dry. You, you preaching to them, and they make eye contact, and they make decisions. When we broke apart for one of our prayer groups, I'll never forget it, preacher. There was a guy there who had been saved for five months, and he's leading a prayer group. And he's pouring his heart, out, his heart out saying how much he wants to be close to God and how much he loves God. It was just so refreshing, so refreshing. And then from there, you know, we, uh, I mean, I, I can keep going. I'm not messing you up, okay? I uh, just want to make sure when we got done with the prayer conference, we went and we went to a, a village there in, in uh, oh, how do you pronounce it? Ankasi. That was the name of the village. And we went there to hold a crusade. So when we got to this village, we took a boat over, and the boat ride was incredible. Of course, they had me in the middle to anchor it. <laughs> when I got on the boat, I tried to sit on the side. And you got to meet Mr. John that's over there. That's Brother uh, Josh's interpreter. I adopted him as my grandpa. He's such a good man. But, you know, they're <laughs> my brothers and sisters over there, they're... They're very kind and polite, but they just are very blunt. And when I got on the side of the boat, he said, no, 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 uh, Jesse, my friend, please have seat here. Very, very heavy. Have seat here. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, sir. I have a seat right here. So you got everybody lined up down the side of the boat. And I'm sitting in the middle, <laughs> holding it down, anchoring it down. But when I got in that boat and we launched out from the shore, it kind of reminded me of when you read in the Bible how Jesus launched out a little bit in the boat to teach the masses. I mean, it just was just, just, just awesome. We ride over on that boat and we get to this village. And so you got to get permission from the chief. And so we're going up into this village and, I mean, it's just, you know, you got chickens running around and goats running around and, and lizards running around and Joshua chasing the lizards, amen. And that boy probably caught, what, 50 lizards when he was there, all kind of colors, red and green and, and orange and all kind of stuff. And so we go in to meet the chief, but the chief wasn't ready for us. He's, you know, he, I guess he had come from somewhere. He said, let me get cleaned up before he talked to us. And so we went up, and uh, my, my buddy, Brother Rocky, who works with the deaf, held a service up there for the deaf. He's doing a great job in there. Well, we came back. It's time to meet the chief. And so, you know, he, we go back in this little like enclosure and you got you know the chief comes in he looks to be maybe in his 60s 70s or something I don't know he's a very older man and he's got these big brothers with him and I'm just thinking like man what's gonna go down what's gonna happen and so we come in and all his men come in and they line up on one side and we had to get in line and we go by and we shake his hand and shake all his men's hands and then we sit there and then there's like two minutes of silence and I'm thinking like, okay, uh, there's no 911 if something happens. Uh, you know, what's going to go on? And the Lord just reassured me, there may not be 911, but I'm here for you. And safety is of the Lord. And so eventually, you know, he begins to talk to us and we to him. And, and he just basically tells us that, hey, we want to hear about God. Don't just come here one time. No, bring, we want to hear about Jesus. And he gave us permission to hold a, a crusade there in his village. But what was so funny was we're sitting there and one of his men leaves and he comes back with this crate 
And I'm like, man, what is he doing? What's in this crate? And I look over, and they served us Coca-Cola. <laughs> over there in that village, I was not expecting to drink Coca-Cola in that village. And he sat us down and, and passed each of us one, a Coca-Cola. It didn't have any sugar in it. It was Coke Zero. But uh, popped the cap on him. We all sat there and drank a Coca-Cola with the chief. I'm like, man, this is, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And so uh, we got done with that, and then later on, uh, I think it was by Saturday, we came back. No, no, before we, before we did the crusade, we were waiting to go back to the hotel, and a storm came. I mean, an African storm, rain and, and, and strong winds. And so we're stranded because if we get on that boat, and I'm not going to be able to anchor it down with the boat. I don't care how big I am. That boat's going to topple over. And so we sat underneath this awning in this village, in his village, and began to sing the songs of God like we sang here tonight. And people started coming down and coming down and coming down. And we got such a crowd that Brother Josh said, Brother Jesse, let's pull these people over here and I'm going to have you preach to them. And we had some people receive Christ that night. That's even before the crusade. The crusade went awesome. Uh, we set up a film and, they, and showed them about Jesus and him dying on the cross. And Brother Josh poured his heart out to him. And the chief was one of the first men to raise his hand and get saved. And it just thing after thing after thing after thing that just happened there. But I guess to kind of sum it up, oh, I got so much. Are you sure, preacher, I'm not messing you up? Because things are coming to my mind. Before I get to this one part, <laughs> when we got done with the crusade, they had to call a taxi over called a trotro. And when this driver showed up, I guess he, the chief negotiated a price with him that was less than what he wanted to accept. And this guy got so angry. I think somebody said he took his shirt off, threw it on the ground, and we went on a ride that would be like Six Flags or something. <laughs> this brother is doing like 60 miles an hour through these mountains. We're I mean, there's goats and chickens in the road. He's like, uh, uh, hitting a horn. I mean, we're holding on for dear life. He's hitting potholes. We're jumping up in the back of the van. I mean, he flew us through those mountains. I've never been on a ride like that. That was just crazy. And uh, one of the men uh, named Mr. John, he has a song that he sings. Oh, heaven, heaven is my home. Oh, I want to go to heaven when I die. And, and eventually, after that ride, we kept saying, yes, heaven. <laughs> heaven is our home. It looks like we're going to go to heaven. Because, I mean, that guy was flying in that vehicle, brother. It was, that was something else. Um, but... When we got through with, with all of that, and then we went to the, the churches, and we got to see the church at Epawu and the church at Dumpe, um, God just began to work in my heart and show me, Jesse, I can use you. There was a time in my life, and I'm just being honest with you, where I really thought God was done with me. There were times where God gave me an opportunity to pastor, and I would turn it down because I was just listening to the lies of Satan that I'm not smart enough to pastor, that God couldn't show me something out of his word. Oh, God can show Brother Hooker. Oh, God can show Brother Hopper. Oh, God can show Brother Allen. But Jesse, you're not smart enough. You, you, you can't do it. You can't lead people. You can't preach. There's nothing you can do. And those walls and those barriers were broke down in my life. And God showed me that he can use me. God showed me that if I get in this book and humble myself and seek his face, that he can show me truth just like any other uh, preacher that he shows truth to. 
and those walls were broken down out there when I was on that, in that, when I went to Ghana. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. I got to preach there to the, the two churches that were started and God blessed and some of them made decisions for Christ and other decisions about what we preached and Pastor Matt. And again, the people are just so sweet. You got to go and meet them and see them. They, they're so hungry for truth. And then we got a chance to just have some fun and go up to Mole National Park and go on an African safari. I mean, brother, I was as close from me to like Miss Denisha or whatnot to an elephant. And as I'm sitting in that truck, I started realizing, you know what? There ain't no fence between me and this guy. Uh, if this guy gets mad, he can come get me. And, uh, you know, that reality sets in, you know what I mean? And uh, just getting to go on that safari and see all kind of different animals and things, and that was really cool. Um, the food over there was absolutely wonderful. If you go, you're going to eat good, amen? Uh, good food, chicken and rice, and some of the freshest tomatoes I've ever had in my life. I don't know if we have people that love mango in here. You will love the mango over there. Joshua went up and climbed a tree and cut me down a fresh coconut. And I'm not a coconut fan. My wife would tell you, you better not ever get me nothing coconut. And he got that coconut and took a machete and chopped it open. And when I drank that coconut, I thought, man, I am a coconut fan. In Africa, amen. I mean, it was just, just, just wonderful. And the thing I also loved was that we just got to be a blessing and a shot in the arm and an encouragement to Brother Josh. Uh, keep him in your prayers. God is using him. God is doing a great work there. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm sorry I was all over the place somewhat, but I just want to encourage you, please, you ought to go. Uh, just think about it right now. How can I save some money, get your tickets together, and you just need to go see it for yourself. Don't worry about all snakes and spiders and all that stuff. Joshua will catch all that stuff for you. Don't worry about it. And if Joshua don't do it, what's them two little dogs, Janta and that other big dog? They'll, they'll kill them for you. Don't worry about that. Um, but you need to see it, you need to experience it, and when you come back, you'll realize you really don't have room to complain about anything. Good night. You got kids over there that's happy to play with a, with a, with a water bottle like they did with Brother Joe. I don't know if he'll tell that story, but they're just happy to play with a water bottle. Um, people that live so simple, yet they're so happy, and it just erases a lot of the things we complain about it's just amazing. You got to go. I want to thank y'all for praying for me and my wife. Thank y'all for being our friends and loving us and encouraging us. And I'm truly just excited to see what God's going to do with the next chapter of my life. But I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for investing in us and helping us to get to this point. Thank you. I love y'all. Praise the Lord. That was great. Well, you can tell why I wanted you to to hear from Jesse, and the truth is I, I kind of wish he just kept on going because uh, I just, I get excited because God just was lit his fire. And, and the truth is, the great truth, is what he said, and I'm so glad he said it, is that, you know, it's something that Jesse and I have talked a lot about, but the old devil's lied to him for a long time and tried to beat him down and tell him that he couldn't, you know, he's unworthy. But the truth is, is that God, boy, God used Jesse over there. I'm telling you, the, the folks loved 
Tim loved to hear him preach, and and God just used him in a great way. Um, you know, time <clears throat> time is short, so I I, I I've got a message that was going to tie to it, but I I want to tell you. Uh, one of the neatest things that maybe anybody would ever get to see in your lifetime. Rocky, uh, who's come through here before, and we really need to seriously consider about supporting him. Uh, but he's deaf, and his you know and he's got what they got four kids I think, or four kids. But the, he and his wife work together. She knows sign language so well, and and. Uh, but we, when we went, took that, that boat across, and that's the first time we've ever done anything like that, and uh, uh, we went across about, I don't know, 18, 20 of us on a, a boat, 22, I think it was 22 of us, uh, and I think we had two life preservers. And so, uh, no, I think the 21 of them had one life preserver. I had a life preserver. <laughs> but uh, we, we went over there. One thing is that... <clears throat> Uh, they didn't come back on time for us, and that was God. Because if they'd come back on time to pick us up, we would have been halfway across that lake when the storm came. And, uh, and it was a bad storm. And so that was God's protection. But while we were there, we got to go up and, and listen to Rocky as he, he, God has opened the door, and, and there was probably, I don't know, 10 or 10 or so something deaf people in there. He's teaching them the alphabet. They don't have sign language. They, they know very, very little. So he's teaching them. And God miraculously, the, the, the village that we were going to go to for the next crusade, which is where you, you know, you're considering the next church and things like that. Well, while we're praying about the considering Ankasi to be the village to go to, Rocky comes out to do the death meeting. And the first little girl that he reaches for Christ is from is from Ankasi. And she's brilliant and she is a fireball. Uh, serve, I mean, just serve. And she's brought out other deaf people. So they're in there. Rocky is teaching them the alphabet. And while we were there, they learned to sign the name of Jesus for the first time. I, it's one of those you got to be there, but you'd have to be there and realize that they just saw the name of Jesus for the first time. Uh, incredible. And, um, and, of course, Rocky's working with Josh, uh, there and 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 just being a blessing comes out once a month to do a death service, and uh, <clears throat> it's just just amazing what is going on there. It really is. Uh, it's amazing. The reason I preached what I did this morning is it's amazing what is being done by God opening the door. Things that we couldn't manipulate, we couldn't make happen, and God is just opening the door. And it's just so, so incredible what he's, he's doing. Um, I, I just, I, I just can't say enough. I mean, uh, and, and you, you all that have, that 
have been here a long you you that grew up or so to speak or you know been here a long time with with Josh Brown and Emily and the kids you would be so proud uh, just uh, just incredible uh, we came in and there, there was a totally different couple they were so sweet so good while they're here but but uh, Emily had everything for the, for the prayer conference, the food, the preparation, everything done. The preparation for us, two houses completely clean. How much work they had to do was incredible, but then was was just it, just amazing what she did. And then Josh, God is just, just using him incredibly. And the kids are, uh, it's like God made them to be there. Of course, you already knew that with Joshua. Uh, I mean, he fits there perfectly. But I was so amazed. Autumn, Autumn is just walking wherever her daddy goes, uh, you know, and uh, she's going right with him to the villages. She's sitting down with him and eating the food in the villages. Uh, she knows that they, you know, that it's it's kind of, you know, their tradition, whatever, you know, that that you finish everything when they give you. And, of course, they're they're really going a long way to give you their food and so when you get the food it's not like you know I don't like it I'm not going to finish it and she would sit there and 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 go through it even you know I mean and I they uh one time Josh said Autumn you okay and she said I know dad uh, I, I'm gonna finish because I want them to know that I appreciate it and it just just I, I I just can't even explain it Joe Beth helped me uh uh it's just uh I'm just, I'm full because I, I'm so blessed by what they did. Um, there was something else I was going to tell you about about the, the trip, and I'm, right now I'm just kind of forgetting. But my message that I was going to do tonight, I'm going to give about two minutes and uh, maybe preach it later. But, and I'll just tell you this, the story, but... Uh, and honestly, I thought of, it comes from Jesse. You know, when Peter, uh, Peter struggled. He struggled in security. He struggled and ended up even get to the point of denying Christ. And and then, but but Peter, you know, he struggled with a lot of areas and then left serving God, you know, because he got so discouraged. And then, And then God brings him back. And Peter comes back, and then God uses him in a great way. Well, there's a portion of Scripture, and let me just read this to you that I think is kind of amazing. It says in Acts 12, it says, Now that the time Herod king stretched forth his hands to, to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and because he saw it pleased the Jews, proceeded further to take Peter also and so this is about Peter goes to prison and Peter is going to be uh, the angel's going to come and get Peter out of prison but this is what he says in, in verse 12 after he comes out of prison and he comes to the house where they're praying for him it says and when he had considered the thing he came to the house of Mary the mother of John whose surname was Mark 
where many were gathered together praying. The, the, the thought I had tonight I want you to have is, is your failure can lead to success, but even greater than that is your failure may lead others to success. I don't know for a fact that this happened, and, and, but, I, but it's amazing to me that Peter ends up, after he failed and failed and failed, God used him in such a great way, he ends up at the house of John Mark, who later is going to, just a short time after this, is going to go with Peter, uh, go, uh, go with Paul, and, and he's going to go, and when he goes, he, he's going to turn back. Now, we don't really know why he turned back. We don't know why, why he ends up turning back. I mean, there's a lot of speculation, you know, whether he was fearful, whether he was homesick, or whether he just didn't like some of the decisions Paul was making. Maybe he didn't like the fact they were going, going to the Gentiles instead of the Jews. I, we don't really know why he turned back, but he turned back. But I just wonder if while he gave up and went home, if maybe it kept going through his head, the life of Peter. A man that he met at his house who was being used by God. had just been brought out of a jail by an angel. And I just wonder if that didn't help John Mark during a rough time. Help John Mark to, to realize that that he could do something again. And what happens is, is that John Mark does do something again. And John Mark ends up going and traveling again. He travels with, with Barnabas. You know, they, they have the big conflict between Paul and Barnabas because uh, Paul doesn't want John Mark because he quit on him before. But now Paul and Barnabas, I mean, John Mark and Barnabas are going to, uh, going to travel together. You never hear Barnabas again, but you do hear John Mark because in the end, when it's all said and done, Paul says, bring Mark because he's profitable for the ministry. And I just, I want to tell you that and it's not all the same because in, in no way, and I even hesitate to even say this because I'm in no way saying Jesse has, has failed at all. I'm saying Jesse struggled believing that he had failed. But can I tell you something? He didn't quit. He didn't give up. And God has brought him, and I watched a man over in Africa. God used him. Used his spirit. Used his attitude. Used his preaching used him. And what I believe that did for others, including me, was you look at our failures and realize those failures are just a stepping stone to success. But it's more than that. It's showing others encouraging others that when we fail, we're not done. Because success is, is just, we're on our own stepping stones to success. 
So that's a kind of a Reader's Digest condensed version of the message I was going to give tonight. But but I just I just thought it was such a good thing. And I, just this statement, I wrote this this down. Failure defeats us when we focus on the failure. Failure is defeated when we focus on God's forgiveness. And failure is defeated when we focus on the future, not the past. But that's just, that's what I got from watching what God did with Jesse. Jesse stopped focusing on the failure. And he started focusing on God's forgiveness. He stopped focusing on the past and started focusing on God's future for him. And I just believe that's just the most incredible thing to see. I just saw at times over the last years, Jesse and I have talked and different ones, and, and he struggled with some fears. I saw a man in Africa that wasn't struggling with fear. He was walking by faith, and God was using him. Uh, that's an example to us. That's an encouragement to us. Amen? Well, I'm not going to keep you, not because I'm worried about you, but I want to go to bed. <laughs> Love you all, and thank you for, for coming tonight. Uh, what I'm going to ask tonight, if we